the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The police are called to restore peace. So are Christians. Let's talk about that next on Times of Refreshing. As a believer in Christ, did you know that you were called to make peace, to be a peacemaker, to restore peace, and not just peace amongst one another, but peace between people and God? And that's what we're looking at today here on Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. If you're joining us, we're in Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. The Beatitudes are there, and amongst them, the one Beatitude, blessed are the peacemakers. What that means is the subject of our time today. So join us with this edition of Times of Refreshing, Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. We have to get out of striving to make things happen. The manifestation of the Spirit, the art to seeing the the Spirit of God manifest the fruit of the Spirit in your life has to do with one word, and that is yielding. We have to learn the art of yielding. Yielding to what the Holy Spirit is trying to release in our lives. He's bringing peace so that it becomes a part of your very lifestyle and DNA, your very makeup. It's a fruit of the Spirit of God. Is peace. But one of the things that happens is, We go through this period of time in our lives sometimes as Christians where we're striving to make ourselves Christians instead of yielding to the process of becoming what God wants you to become. Amen? The Holy Spirit, He's trying to forge this love, joy, peace. It just begins to become you because of His influence in your life. But we have to learn to yield to the process. Meaning, the old Napoleon Kaufman has got to die. So that the new me can begin to manifest himself through the power and influence of the Holy Spirit. And so this means every day God is going to try to bring peace into your life or manifest manifest peace in your life. And instead of us agreeing with the old us, we have to learn to yield to the new us. When God tells you it's going to be all right, just say it's going to be all right. Can I have an amen? God says, it's going to be all right. And then we say, I, I think it's going to be all right. Maybe, maybe it's going to be all right. Well, if, if somebody does this and does that, well, if she stopped getting on my nerves, it's going to be all right. Well, if he stops saying what he's saying, it's going to be all right. Let me come on down in here because I need some amens. <laughs> it's, if, 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 if he doesn't and she doesn't, and then it's going to be all right. Instead of just saying, the Holy Ghost just said it's going to be all right. So you know what that means, Brother Dave? It's going to be all right. Come on, look at somebody and tell them, it's going to be all right. That's the Holy Ghost trying to forge peace within our lives. He begins to give us the heavenly perspective 
we're going to get into this, the heavenly perspective instead of just an earthly perspective. We have to learn to come out of agreement with who we used to be. Jesus is on the back of the boat sleeping. Why? Because it's going to be all right. That's peace. So what happens is we have to learn that the Holy Spirit, he's forging. Stop trying to get something that he's already trying to manifest within you. He brings this to you. Peace comes to you through the influence of the Holy Spirit. He's trying to forge this in you. And so we have to see this. This isn't something that I'm putting on. It's something that I'm allowing to happen. Listen to me. This isn't something that I'm putting on. I'm not putting on peace. I'm allowing peace to manifest itself in my life. It makes your Christian walk easier when you learn to yield to God. Can I have an amen? So this is number one. He says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. It is the fruit of God's influence and the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life. We have to learn to just accept it. Lord, I yield to the influence. I'm going to be a loving person because you've placed love within me through the influence of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be a joyful person because you've placed joy within me through the influence of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Let's go to number two. This is the second way in which we see God begin to forge peace within our lives and how he forges peace. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 on down to 6. Romans 8, verse 1 to 6. It says this in verse 1. He says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ, Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law, the law of Moses, could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, our old edemic nature, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh, look at this, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and what? Peace. Is life and peace. And so one of the things that we have to learn to do as we're walking with Christ is is to begin to develop a spiritual mindset. This is point number two. Because the the mind that is set on the flesh produces death. But the mind that is set on the spirit, or when we live according to the spirit, understand when we become spiritually minded, that's when we really begin to tap into living a life of true biblical life and peace in our lives. Since we have to embrace this. A lot of times we don't have peace because we have the wrong lens on. We go through this process in our mind. We're so carnal in our thinking that unless we have the stuff or the it or the that, 
then we don't feel like we're measuring up or we have, you know, what we need to really have peace in our life. And I'm not against those things. Those things can bring a sense of peace, but true peace ultimately comes from God. And we got to learn to put our mind on spiritual things. I was telling the fellas last night, one of the things that happens with a lot of people is we listen to this, you know, this saying that has been said over the years. Don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. How many have heard that? Let me tell you that. Let me tell you something. That's not biblical. It's not, it's not in here. You see this? It's, it's not in there. Up in here, up in here. It's not in there. Listen, what made Jesus earthly good was he was spiritually minded. It's not until we truly become spiritually minded that we can become really earthly good. Because if we're not spiritually minded, then we're we're minding things of the flesh, things that are just carnal, then what we tend to do is we tend to abuse the things that God just wants us to use for his glory. Amen? And so what happens is God wants to take us to a place where we set our minds on the things of the Spirit. And that helps us to navigate within this world without getting caught up in the world. Understand, saints, we're just passing through here. All this is going to burn up. It's temporal. It's not eternal. So what we want to do is start working on our eternal things now. It helps us to keep things in proper perspective and to really enjoy things in life. When you understand that, you know what? This doesn't make me. My house doesn't make me. My car doesn't make me. My this doesn't make me. My, it doesn't make me. What makes who made me is God. Amen? And we enjoy things without abusing things when we really have a spiritual perspective. And what does it do? It really brings life and it brings peace in our lives. A lot of times people are not happy because they're measuring themselves by the person that's sitting next to them. They're not happy because they don't have what somebody else has. They're looking at their lives and say, they, and we have this mindset, well, if I'm not like that person, then, I, then how can I be happy until I get like them? The devil is a liar, amen? God didn't make you them. We want to change our minds and get a spiritual perspective on things so that we really can have the peace that God is trying to forge within our lives. I see this happen all the time. But going to third world countries and preaching... In these countries and seeing people that don't have all the stuff, but yet they have joy and they have peace and they have love and they have the Holy Ghost. And they just, you see it, it blows me away. They worship for hours. And I'm used to standing up for hours singing and worshiping God. But going to these places and they just worship, they'll worship all day. I'm like, I'm done. Y'all lost me. Y'all just gone. Y'all gone. But it blesses me because you see, they have their mind set on the right thing. And so for all of us here, we want to develop this, cultivate this, understand that this is a way in which God is going to release peace into our lives is by helping us to change our minds, become spiritually minded. 
It brings what? Life and peace into our lives. And let me say this also. You know, when it comes to, when it, when it, when it comes to being carnally minded, spiritually minded, understand that at some point in your life, at some point in your life, you're going to go through a transition where this is going to happen, where those things that are spiritual become more valuable to you than those things that are natural. But it does not mean that you neglect the things that are natural. Okay? It just means the things that are natural are placed in their proper context and priority now. Because I know some people, they want to pray all day, but they don't want to get up and go to work. (laughs) Amen, Pastor Napoleon. You men, don't be so locked up in your player closet that you don't come out and hug your wife and kiss your kids. And You ladies too, don't get so caught up in the cloud that you can't, you know, <laughs> cook my mama biscuits. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm praying. You got to make it. <laughs> I'm glad my wife don't do that to me. But this is what happens. We can't, we, we. I guarantee you, if you're really hearing from God and you're really spiritual minded, and I had to learn this, I'm just, I'm telling on myself a little bit. I had to learn this. When you, after a while, God will say, no more prayer, get out of here. (laughs) I remember I first got saved. Let me just share this, which I got a little bit of time. I got saved. I'm on fire. I'm on fire. And I'm tapping this scripture right here, spiritually minded, I'm there. I'm like there. I'm like, man, I don't care about nothing. I just saved. I'm saved. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I just want God all day, every day. That's all I want, God. So I'm doing this for a little while, and my wife is looking at me like, brother, you, 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 you going crazy now. I know you say, but you're going to have to come out of that prayer closet. And I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm, oh, honey, honey, I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. And I remember going to pray one time. And I'm in there praying, and I'm like, Lord, Lord, bless me. Man, my wife is tripping right now. She doesn't understand the power of God. I, I, need, the power, I need the power of God in here. Lord, I just need you. Tell her. Convince her, Lord. Convince her that she needs to see me in here praying that God is moving. Lord, help us. Help us, Lord. I'm praying. And I'm telling you all, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, get up and go spend time with your wife. Can I, how many know that's the Lord? I got up, I said, oh, you wrong, Lord, you wrong. You... <laughs> no, nah, I'm just playing, I'm playing. But, but because what I'm saying here, I don't want us to cross any lines. We want to be spiritually minded, but it does not m- mean that we neglect our natural responsibilities. Amen. The last point, and I'm going to let you go. Go to Romans chapter 14. Last point. Verse 16 on down to 19. So we allow the fruit of the Spirit of God to be manifest when in our lives. The Holy Spirit brings this to us, so peace becomes our lifestyle. We choose to change our mind and become more spiritually minded. We set our things, our minds on things of the Spirit. We reprioritize, and then peace begins to come. We begin to see things from heaven's view instead of earth's view. But then he says this. The context here is he's talking about the law of love, doing anything in our lives that would cause somebody else to stumble. And in the midst of this, Apostle Paul, he gets down 
to verse 16. And it says, therefore, do not let your good be evil spoken of or spoken of as evil. He says, for the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but in righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. But this is the verse. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. What he says, therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace. And this is point number three. We have to pursue the things that make for peace because the peace that you have with God is great. Winning the warfare in your mind to become spiritually minded is great. But now it's got to translate into us rightly relating with people. And in some cases, resolving conflict or doing things in our lives to help to edify or build up other people. We have to pursue the things that make for peace. And so that means that sometimes in our lives, we are going to have to take the high road to make things right with people. It means that some cases you may be right and you win the battle, but you lose the war. Because a lot of times we're just trying, we want to just win the battle. Not understanding that in life God, he's, he's, he wants us to win the war. He doesn't want us to be individuals that are constantly, you get around some people and they always have some type of fuss going on. Someone's always mad at them. Someone's always got a problem. Someone's always doing something to them. Someone's always getting on their nerves. They're always grumpy. Always on edge. Always arguing with folks. I know we don't have anybody in here like that. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and tell him, he's not talking about you, is he? Because it got... I'm telling y'all, it got so quiet in here. It got so quiet in here. If you guys could have seen your faces, you were looking like this. If we have this always going on in our lives, we have to stop and ask ourselves, am I doing the things, am I pursuing the things that make for peace? Think about it. What am I doing to make peace? Now watch this because what happens is God ultimately, as he's giving us, giving us reconciliation, favor of God, changing our minds, it should spill over into us becoming peacemakers. But in order to truly become a peacemaker, I have to get to a place where I pursue the things which make for peace. I have peace, now I can bring peace. And that means that I have to sometimes, I have to pursue those things that make for it. That make for peace. That means sometimes there's not peace, but you make it. You're becoming a peacemaker. And so that means sometimes we're going to have to put our pride aside and learn that it's not just about me looking good in front of people. Jesus' death produce peace 
between God and man. It didn't look like they thought. But what did it produce? It produced peace between God and man. His death, his burial, his resurrection. Well, for us, sometimes we have to learn to take the high road. And you may not look like you won the battle. But you can be the very person that is bringing peace into a situation. And we have to learn that sometimes when we're talking about being peacemakers, it's not going to come. Sometimes peace comes after you leave. Peace comes after you've left the scene. A lot of times we want to see the peace manifest and then everybody sit down and take communion together and shake hands and love each other and go to dinner, go to a movie, hang out, and it's all great. But sometimes... That doesn't come until you step away for a minute. And then you get the call. I was thinking about what you said. And I want to know if we can go to lunch or something, you know. I know I didn't receive what you had to say, but, but I just thought about it. And the Holy Spirit started dealing with me about it. See, what happens is we have to learn to become peacemakers, but we have to pursue the things that make for peace. And saints, we have to get out of this this mindset to where we think that we always have to be the ones to defend ourselves. God is in the business of defending you if you are not in the business of defending you. I want God to fight for me. How many know he does a better job than we can do? One of the greatest things that you could ever do in your life is holding your peace. Is holding your peace. That means that you have peace and then you're holding it because your flesh is saying, say this. Your body is trembling. It's saying, I'm going to sock you. Your mind is saying, I'm throwing you out. But you hold your peace. Can I have an amen? We got to learn to hold it. The Bible says Jesus held his peace. When he was in front of the Sanhedrin and then the king and everybody's on him, the Bible said he just held his peace. Are you the king of the Jews? Girl, yes, he is. (laughs) You know who that was, Dre. (laughs) Listen to me, saints. The Bible says that he held his peace. Jesus, with one word, he could have wiped them all out. Killed everybody. Destroyed Jerusalem, everything. But the Bible says he held his peace. And sometimes in your life, as you're pursuing the things that make for peace, you have to get into a position where you say, God, I'm going to hold my peace. I'm not going to say what I want to say about my coworkers who just lied on me. I'm not going to say this person in the church did this, but I'm not even going to worry about it. I'm going to hold my peace and I'm going to pursue the things that make for peace. Saints, we have to get our minds set on this. Because God wants us to be peacemakers in life. And I'm going to close by saying this. There's no way that you or I as men and women of God can say that we are sons and daughters of God if we're not peacemakers. That's what the Bible just said. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God. I'm not telling you to do something that God is not enabling you to do. I just proved it through the scripture. And so you having peace 
and now giving peace and become a, becoming a peacemaker, it is a part, it should become a part of your lifestyle. People are gossiping, people are talking, people are murmuring, people are complaining, people are lying, people are saying things about you. Listen, saints, at some point in time, we have to put our foot in the ground and say, I am a son of God, I refuse to cross that line because God said that I have to be a peacemaker in life if I'm going to be a son of God. And so this afternoon, I'm challenging you in this area. Go back to God. Say, God, continue to forge the release of the Spirit of God and the fruit of the Spirit of God in my life so that peace becomes my lifestyle. God, help me to change my mind so that I see things from a spiritual perspective more than I see from a natural perspective. And God, help me to pursue those things that make for peace, that when people get around me, there is a sense of peace, and I'm making peace in life. And you're listening to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. As we close out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know that you're listening, and this program is encouraging you on a daily basis. We'd love to hear from you. Now, there's a couple of ways you can reach out to us. By phone, of course, and that number is 925-292-7800. Again, 925-292-7800. Or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive. Livermore, California, the zip code is 94551. While we would normally invite you to join us here on campus for worship services, we're not able to do that. So what we would invite you to do is join us online. Now, there are three ways you can do that. You can either visit our church app, and if you don't have that on your smartphone or your tablet, you're more than welcome to visit your favorite store and download it for free. Or go to our website, thewellchurch.net. Or visit our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 10.30 in the morning. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And we're praying and standing on his truth during this time and remembering God is in control. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank you again for spending time with us here today on Times of Refreshing. Until next time, God bless.